What's up, gamers? Uh, welcome back. This is the Battle Mallet Podcast, episode 24. What day is it? I don't know. I have I'm no lost. idea. Where have yeah. you guys been? I don't even know what's happening. No, I've been lost in the warp, sir. Lost yeah, in... I don't know. Traveled like, in, traveled into the eye of terror and yeah. got sucked out 60 days later. Yeah, you can just call me Kristoff because I am lost in the woods. <laughs> uh, so the Battle Mallet Podcast... Delving into the minds of four busy gamers, their annual journey to the Nova Open Convention, maybe? Playing games that we love, and balancing life with those games. I'm Jared Johnson, and I'm here with Trey Side. Lost in the warp! Lost in the warp! <laughs> and Jason Table New Murray. Time is relative. It's a flat circle. That's what I hear. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. I thought that so, was the earth. I think that depends on who you ask. Um, yeah, so it's been a minute. I don't even know what day it is, but we've got a lot to catch up on. So in this episode, we're going to cover those elements that were pertinent to us from the Games Workshop previews. Uh, and spend probably most of our time talking about uh, doing life in quarantine. So before we get into that, we do want to catch up on what everybody's been up to. So we'll start with Trace. Yeah, um, it's been it's been different. Um, I think most of what I've been doing is painting and just kind of talking to everybody. Like, not really doing a lot of games, but just kind of talking to people. Um, I was doing pretty good for a little while. Had a pretty good head of steam as far as, like, painting goes. But then that kind of fell off. And I think a lot of that, well, we'll get to that later. But, um, you know, not been doing a whole lot of hobbying, really. Um, Watching more TV, trying to spend time with the kid, stuff like that. That's really what I've been up to. Jason, what about you? I have hobbied. I mean, I am a online playing machine, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. I've played a lot of Underworlds uh, online and then played Underworlds <clears throat> via online um, for the tabletops uh, side of it. Um, you know, for me, I was part of a, I've been part of two leagues uh, from an online format. Um, with Underworlds. Uh, lucky for me, I got to play a guy called Mad Angry in one of those leagues in the championship. Um, it was a great game. Pulled it out Pulled it out in the end with Lady Mournflight. So pretty happy to finally capture a, a win, um, you know, with, with that warband. Uh, been playing, you know, I've captured lots of wins, but finally to see it come all the way through. And in that league, a lot of good players. Um, but... Is this- does this mean you're going away? Well, they will. So yeah, we'll get to that. So I played them again last night. Uh, did not go. Did not go in my favor. But the other league kind of made it to the playoffs um, on that online league. Played them in that as well. Um, played them throughout. Got off to a really really hot start in that league. I think I was like three and zero, and then dropped two games. Uh, and then in the fourth game to make it into the playoffs. I played a certain someone that was trash talking a few weeks ago uh, by the name of Max 
Bernstein and the Battle for Salvation podcast. Uh, yeah, Max and I went into the last week of the league, and uh, we both needed a win to get into the playoffs. And uh, someone, I don't, I won't say his name again, couldn't pull it out. Uh, you know, we're not nice enough to get a game in uh, during the day. Both of us wrangling the kids, uh, but to get that online game in, and then uh, for myself uh, making it to the playoffs for that league was was enjoyable with Lady Morn Flight. Uh, played the second round in the playoffs a little early. Played last night um, against a guy from Germany. Uh, he had Nurgle, and I lost two games to one. So I took the first game. Um, you know, one boards offset, kind of got the passive glory, had some dice going my way. Second game, he took it to me. He got right on top of me. He wore one boards, uh, couldn't kind of defend the aggro. And more importantly, when I needed attacks to go through, they didn't go through. And when they needed to be blocked, they didn't block. So lost the second game. Uh, third game came down to the last turn and, you know, I, I lost by three glory. So it was a very, very close to nail biter. Uh, was a highly enjoyable game and glad to see Nurgle. I've been playing against Nurgle a lot. Uh, actually played played as Nurgle a few times. And for anyone sleeping on Nurgle, there's there's some play there, um, as you would see from the online tournament that happened. Uh, I also partook in that. Uh, had a great time. I want to thank Jimmy, friend of the show, uh, for hosting that wonderful tournament online. He was the TO. Um, a ton of good players. I think there was 30 players involved. If you want m- more detailed information, uh, Jimmy, Amon, and Jonathan recap it on the Path to Glory uh, podcast. Really, really good episode there. But uh, was happy to partake in that. Uh, you know, my first game, I got grimwatched in that tournament. And what I mean by that is my very first game, I think it was turn one. Uh, playing against Jim Grimwatch with Lady Morn Flight, and I'm pretty sure that the Grimwatch player put up 16 glory in, in turn one. Uh, I was just like, I, I don't even know what to do, but I'm so used to it now playing against Grimwatch, and sometimes the card just come out that way. Uh, going into game two, was able to pull out the win, and we actually tied. We had only a few minutes left to go into a game three, so we decided to call it uh, one-to-one. He did have glory differential, but... But playing one game to one game, it was it went down in BCP as a as a tie. Second game I played against Jonathan Davis against the Skaven. Should have had him, but just the little mistakes. You know, you think playing at home and having extended uh, time to play in the comfort of your own home, you would uh, not make any mistakes from a decision standpoint. Jonathan and I played three great games. I won the first handedly. He won the second handedly. Going into the third. I think it was because we were running out of time. I decided to distract or um, call to the grave, which is pull a Skaven too close, two spaces closer to me into a lethal and kill him, completely forgetting that, you know, they have the card to bring back a Skaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought he would have to burn an activation, which would have been the last activation, but he played the card. And I know, like, I play Skaven. I'm just, just a brain fart, right? So he brings that Skaven back. He charges in Lady. He hits with... Hits on her for two damage. She's not dead. So, okay, we're good. If I win the next roll in the third turn to go first, I have Lady. I have two fighters. I could probably go through a little bit of my deck. Well, he goes first. Scritch comes in, takes out Lady, and that's game. He ends up by winning by three glory. Uh, very, very hard fought game. And he probably maybe still takes it even if I don't make that mistake. But, uh, you know, just memory lapse. Like, I just I couldn't believe it. 
Uh, but moving on to the next game, played against Man Trappers with Lady, and that was my best game of the day. I 2-0'd. So here I am, 1-1-1. The goal is to have a winning record. Uh, go into the last game, and I play against Gitz. Uh, once again, go three games, so win the first handedly. Second one, he barely squeaks out. Third one, last activation, I have two pushes and Restless Prize. And you want to talk about just fatigue, your wife knocking on the door asking when you're coming for dinner because we're already half an hour late. Those are all the excuses, but I just done messed up, boys. Like, we had, so I had two pushes and Restless Prize. Lady had Cryptic uh, Companion on her. I got so focused on scoring Cryptic Companion that I failed to notice they had pushed the, the Fanatic close to an objective. Uh, I basically, like, rigmarole so I could get on an objective and maybe kill a Git. Um, the better play would have been to char- charge across with her, try to kill somebody. If I don't kill somebody, I now have two pushes and Restless Prize to keep... Um, supremacy because that he had supremacy and he had keys now he still would have scored one key there would have been nothing i could have done to prevent one from scoring but i could have prevented the other one from scoring on the fanatic and more importantly i would have stopped supremacy which i probably would have won by one glory but brain fart used all my pushes and my restless prize to get lady harrow over to an objective to miss an attack um, yeah, I got my one glory and he ended up by scoring seven glory at the end of turn and the turn, uh, three to take it by five points. So Oof. it was, it was rough. It was rough, but he's, he's a great player. He's, he's known online as a gets player. So he made no mistakes. He's very aggro with the squigs and Drizgit, um, to kind of tie you up early turn, setting up his moves. So it was, listen, Online play has been a lot, a lot of fun. I've had a ton of great matches against some of the top opponents uh, in the community. So my hobby has been strong. Um, I also finished painting Venom. So on our last episode, I mentioned that I was painting models. Yeah, but it stopped right after that. I think we finished it like the next day or the following day. I've stopped. I have assembled some models. I put together, what are they, the Hex Wraiths or something for Age of Sigmar. I don't know. They're like ghosty looking things. Um, I've put together more Marvel Crisis Protocol models, um, for those that actually did come out. Um, and then just really been working a lot on, on decks and playing the official Warhammer Underlines video game and putting in some time there too. And chatting with you bros when, when, when you're available. So that's, uh, that's my wonderful hobby experience over the last 60 days. Jared, what about you? Yeah, so um, a lot of online play, um, but mostly recently. So uh, took part in um, the one of the one of the online leagues in a well, both of the online leagues, but didn't make the cutoff. Um, so I went three and three um, in the one, and that was fun. Um, I've been I went back to the wild hunt just because I wanted something that was going to be a little bit mindless and not necessarily caused me to have to think a whole lot um i just don't have the brain capacity now and we'll get into that uh you know when we talk about what it's been like living life under quarantine but i've been having a lot of fun and uh here recently downloaded the warhammer underworlds online because uh, i figured out that once you get queued it takes i don't know maybe maybe 30 30 40 minutes to get a game in um, it just seems to be a little bit faster 
um, than maybe playing in person. I guess there's no banter, which certainly helps. Uh, but so played some some games with first riders, played some games with the Iron Jaws there, um, and it it feels like putting on like a like a like your favorite pair of blue jeans to be playing the, <laughs> the Iron Jaws in season one again. Um, so for anybody that is not familiar, that was my go-to warband. I think I played it almost exclusively through season one. I don't think I touched another warband uh, until after Nova 2018. Um, I, I am. The Underworlds player I am today, thanks to Jared bashing me with Iron Skull Boys. Over and over and over. Um, but it's been fun and it's been good. I have I I believe I can I can't keep track of days. I don't know what's going on. I think since we recorded last, I've assembled six Age of Sigmar models. They may have been assembled before then. I don't even know anymore. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Um, that's the real reason why I said what I said is because I can't remember what I did prior to and what I've done post last yeah. episode. No, I don't know. It's it's so bad. Um, but uh, I do remember that in our last episode, Danny answered the question, can I play Marvel Crisis Protocol with my wife? Uh, and his, his answer was yes, and I can confirm that answer. So... Um, I've gotten a, you know, a couple of games in of Marvel Crisis Protocol, uh, and like a classic dice game that it is, if the dice are swingy, it is a negative play experience for one of the players, um, and unfortunately <laughs> that was my wife. I was doing what I can to engage her in every aspect of the game. Uh, like I'm not going to play dumb against her, but I'm also not going to like optimize every single thing that I can do. I would rather her be able to use her superpowers and be able to throw cap shield and have it bounce and hit another one of my guys. And, you know, so I was setting things up so that things could happen so that it could be a fun experience. And then, you know, uh, she is attacking iron, uh, attacking crossbones with iron man who has two energy defense and just attack, 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 crit defense, crit defense, crit defense, just, and Sounds as we like talked about every time, every time you roll a, critical defense it not only counts as a success but you also get to roll another dice and so there would be times where she would get like three or four successes and i would roll a success and a crit and then the crit would turn into two more successes so uh it was just not good but since then um atomic mass he was he was he was rolling crit defenses trace like does this surprise you no no it doesn't at all no it's it's just par for the course like dude dude can't roll a crit to save his life on the attack but on defense here they come all of them especially when they're one dice if they're one die just boom sticks it every time crit no yeah it uh what's that it makes me want to play that card the uh greatest repost right yeah you did yeah, in Underworlds, not that's not a Marvel Crisis Protocol. But back to Marvel Crisis Protocol, Atomic Mass Games has released an AI version of the fight against Ultron. So um, there's a like a some behavior mapped out behavior for Ultron, and so you can team up, either play, you know, you one person controlling, you know, the team to fight Ultron, or you could split the models. And so I think that's going to be our next venture into marvel crisis protocol uh with daniela and i so so we gave that a shot um but i i mean that's it's basically been it been a lot of uh 
Switch games with the family, and that's been fun and different. So been a lot of Super Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, as my son is fond of saying. you got to say the full title. Um, some <laughs> Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and uh, we've got Mario Party. So uh, just been playing a lot of that. And it's it's been pretty fascinating to watch the three-year-old be able to actually play Mario Party. Nice. So That's happened. awesome. So to, to go back to the games with your wife, the last episode we talked about hashtag, you know, war game challenge or quarantine challenge, whatever, whatever you call it, whatever cool slogan you came up with. Um, but like, so what was her read on it? Did she like hate it? She, like, no. So I think she likes the thematics of it. I think she just gets frustrated because I mean, that's like, I mean, it's my hobby, right? Tabletop games are my hobby. So she feels like if we ever play against each other that she's always on her back foot because, I mean, this is, if I'm not spending time with my family, I'm not working, I'm not sleeping, I'm probably playing or thinking about playing or painting, you know, like it's just what happens. And so that's just where my headspace is. So I think that there's some some frustration on her part uh, when it comes to doing that. Uh, so I'm I'm hopeful that these... AI co-op modes will we'll help let us play together as opposed to being, you know, an antagonistic game. Yeah. Same, same thing here. Like played battle masters after that challenge with Sarah and Emma. Emma loved it. Like, well, yeah. Battle masters is like vintage GW. Like it's so simple. Like it's, here's the dice. There's a number on the back of the model they roll X dice. There's a cool few mechanics in it. Um, Emma absolutely loved it. And honestly, like I loved it, like to get back to that simple play, but there's still a lot of thought that goes into movement. But Sarah, like she's just rolling the dice. Like she's like, how many do I have to roll? I don't have to throw in the dice. It's like, all right, thanks for playing. Hey, we tried. We, tr- we yeah. try to get that challenge done. So that's right. <clears throat> Jenny agreed to do it with me, but we just haven't done it yet. So she agreed to play work ride with me, but she hasn't actually we haven't actually completed that challenge yet. But yeah. we're still in quarantine, so <laughs> that's right. It's just still a chance. There's still yo, time. We're in phase one, yo. It's like that's right. free freedom. Freedom. <laughs> or not. Or not. No. Or definitely not. Definitely not. No. So uh Yeah. I think that's it, right? So Trace to kind of circle back from content for content purposes, I have been watching a lot of Gundam. Like yeah. I, that's been part of hobby for me is watching a lot Gundam of Gundam. Style. Yeah, no, Gundam. not 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 gun, Gundam oh, style. Oh, oh, damn! And just to kind of cover bases as far as like I don't remember what we covered last time. I did. I have painted a bunch of Marvel Marvel Crisis Protocol miniatures, and I started doing. Those were all in comic style, and then I also started painting up Skates Wild Hunt in comic style as well, um, and that's kind of where I kind of fell off. Yeah. But there, yeah. um, the the Skates is kind of Night Elf inspired, but Night Elf comic book version. So it's going to be interesting, but they look good so far. Yeah, um, just need to finish them up and get them done, and then I'll probably finish up Ripa, and I may transition him to comic style too. Nice. I've really been enjoying that. But, oh, that's cool. But yeah. That's good. So that's it. Not a lot. Nope. 
but a lot. It feels a lot, like. but not a lot. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Well, I I guess uh, we'll take a break here, and then we come back. I think when I mentioned the order, I did it out of order, so that we're going to talk about quarantine life next, Correct. and then after that, we'll talk about the GW previews and the parts of that that are relevant. Because if we try to talk about all of the GW previews, it would take it's a whole episode. We, we would do episode. like it would be like three hours. Anyway, so we'll take a break. We'll be back, and we'll talk about quarantine life. So, listeners, uh, I messed up, and I forgot to give the intro of the way of this next segment. So, in this, the next segment, we're going to talk about quarantine life. And this is just us having a conversation, and it may not very well, may not lead to hobby talk, but we thought it would be best to share our feelings, our thoughts, what we're, what we're going through, our struggles, because everyone is in a very similar boat. So, this is the next, you know, 20, 30 minutes we're just going to talk about quarantine life, how it's impacted our families, how it's impacted us, and how it's impacted our hobby, just to share our experiences so you can hopefully relate and see you're not alone while you're out there. So with that, we'll lead into the segment. Welcome back. I'm back to talk about quarantine life as a hobbyist. I'm joined by two buds that I haven't seen in like 60 days. I don't know how I'm doing it. I guess you can count right now because I see both of your beautiful faces. And man, your haircuts are phenomenal. So whatever, what? How are you? Tell me, guys. Like, how are you getting through quarantine life? What's different? What's good about it? Um, what's not so good about it? So we'll start with Trace. Trace, what do you like about quarantine life? So it's a funny thing. So it's been, so I was already working from home a couple days a week with my job. And for those on the podcast who don't know, I work for UNC Healthcare and I do a lot of, um, a lot of optimization for different practices that are trying to get better with like scheduling and stuff like that. And so our group goes in and we do a lot of technical stuff with the, um, the electronic medical medical record system that we use to make sure that they can be running as efficient as efficient as possible. Um, but I can do that remotely. So I was already doing that two days a week anyway. And then I was going to the office the other three days a week. Um, so it's really just been like working from home just permanently uh, for me, which has been, it's not, it's been a major adjustment, obviously, but it's not been as bad for me because I had everything already set up. Like I've got a great setup at the house for me to work and I don't miss a beat. Um, but outside of work, like it's been, it's been different because Jenny, my wife is, um, she's a school psychologist. And so when there's no, are you sure she's not a teacher? I mean, College. Last episode, you did say she was a teacher. I'm I'm just clarifying for the listening group out there. She I think he was pretty explicit in saying that she was not a teacher last episode, Jason. She's a school psychologist. Anyway, so, but she's, we know where, um, it's been a big change for her because a lot of the stuff for her involves like collaboration 
seeing it, you know, actually seeing children, testing children, doing a bunch of other stuff. And so it's been, it's been really hard on her. Um, well, she misses that team aspect. Uh, I still get to talk to my teammates virtually, a column, stuff like that. But, um, but the biggest thing for us has been trying to balance like what we want to do, right? So our son's home with us because we don't want him to be at daycare when he could be home with us. Um, paying for daycare sucked while he wasn't there. That kind of sucked. But um, luckily they called us this past mm, like two or three weeks ago. And they said, hey, so for the month of May, here's what we'll do. We'll take your payment and we'll use that as a deposit for whenever you come back. So that's probably going to be in July. So we get to basically have two months where we don't have to pay for daycare, which is awesome. Nice. Um, and it's great because they're holding their spot. And, you know, we and we didn't mind paying because we want them to keep their doors open. Right. Like that's where he goes. We don't want him to lose his spot. We don't want them to close their doors. So. We're, you know, we were more than we, we have the, the means to do that. And so that's what we did. We just kept paying, didn't pull him out. Um, and then they were like, there's no point in you doing that. Like, here you go. This is how this will work. Um, so that's been interesting. The, you know, as far as like hobbying goes, I did really good, at least initially. I feel like we all kind of did pretty good, at least at the start. Um, at least hobbying wise. Um, and I, you know, I painted a lot and I was doing a lot of different stuff and trying different projects, putting models together. I painted a whole set of like Warcry stuff. Um, got a new Warcry set and put it together. Um, started painting Skates Wild Hunt. I painted a bunch of Marvel Crisis Protocol miniatures. Um, but, you know, after a certain amount of time, because my hobby desk, my hobby space is where I also work for for my job, I only have we only have so much space in our house. And so I just kind of doubled up that space. Once you sit there for eight, nine, ten hours a day and then you get done, you just don't want to sit here anymore. Like you nope. don't want to go. You don't want to go you know, have dinner and play with your kid and then come back and sit down. I mean, it's, it, if you have a different feel and if like I can go for a walk or something like that after, after work for a little while, if I take, if I break up my day enough to where I can actually feel like I've been productive, but still been able to go out and like get a, get a little exercise and stuff like that, then I'll come back and I feel pretty refreshed and I'll sit down and I'll paint or I'll do something, but it's most days it's not. And even if I'm being 100% honest, a lot of that time has been because of what I do and what we've done to respond to all this pandemic stuff from my work. I'm usually working at night too. So like you guys can attest to that. Like there's been times and you guys been on and playing and I'm like, I'm working, I'm hang, I'll hang out, but I'm working. Um, so that's kind of the, you know, the broad strokes of what's going on in yeah. my, on my end. And I know you guys can, you know, relate. Yeah, I totally can relate, Trace. I mean, I mean, Jared, like, anything to add to that? Like, what's what's been good for you in quarantine life? 
Good for me. Yeah, man. Working from home. Yeah, you like um, that? Yeah, I mean, it's and really, it's not even about working from home. It's about the lack of commute and being that, able to see my kids. That's it, that's it for real. <laughs> in the morning and see my kids at night. And then, I mean, the real kicker is this. And, you know, so Autumn's my three-year-old and she is in the midst of dropping her nap. But I got to spend the first month of quarantine every day. I would put her down for her nap. And that is something that I missed. I mean, I, you know, I just didn't see it. I, w- I would get to do it on Saturday and Sunday, maybe. And, but you know, there's that was five days a week of this just really, like, precious kind of infant, intimate time with my daughter that that I wasn't getting you know, uh, except for twice a week. And, uh, and it was great. And even now, like, you know, she's dropping her nap. And so I don't, I don't get that specifically, but I can like pop my head downstairs as I'm getting a second cup of coffee in the morning. And, and I can check in with my, with Kyle, my son to see how his remote school is going. And I, you know, take three minutes to, to ask him, well, you know, what are you learning? You know, Autumn is this, is there at the table with him and she's, cutting something out and <laughs> and she's yeah, cutting she, something yeah know. she is she she, <laughs> she she loves she loves scissors and glue she wants to just cut pieces of paper out and glue them together but i can ask her like what she's making and it's inevitably like a rocket ship or something um but like but that's been great um you know the the being able to you know like help cook dinner you know or or even come downstairs and be responsible for getting dinner together so that, you know, my wife can have a break because she hasn't had one because she's been home or she's been at work and she just got home. Um, you know, that, that there's, there's more trade off there. Um, yeah. Like you bring up a great, like the commute, the commute, like you just don't know how much of the, the day that that sucks away. Um, it's you know you have the the whole for me it's like an hour that uh that you get back like it's so nice to wake up at seven o'clock or you know quarter to seven the kids get up you get ready and then wham bam here i am in my office i'm i'm set ready to go now for me it's only one or two days a week but you bring up a really really good point there like you know one of the things that we are fortunate and trace mentioned it too you know the kids like we all have kids so really spending a lot of time with them, like getting to yeah. treasure those moments in the morning where typically it's like, all right, let's go. We got to catch the bus or go to daycare, whatever it is. Uh, and I am a huge fan of like when 1230 hits and I, I walk downstairs for lunch, you know, and Emma's got some sort of contraption made. Like, here's this sandwich. You might not make it if you eat this thing, but go right ahead, dad. It's for you. So it's been... <laughs> it's it's been cute and you know fortunately for me on unlike you guys you know sarah does also work so we are still sending my children to daycare some days a week so i haven't been able to contribute in certain ways like you guys have or had to manage the child care situation from work and child care but um there are some positives and family is one of them absolutely absolutely and just to kind of mirror what Jared said, like it's been pretty cool to just kind of to be able to walk downstairs and see 
like what James is doing. Like there's times, there are yeah. times when I walk downstairs and my son has completely dismantled a room, like from top to bottom. <laughs> like, for example, walk downstairs two day no Thursday, and he's he has managed to find this black ribbon somewhere. And there's black ribbon strung from wall to wall to wall to wall to wall. And he's just like, I decorated for a party. And I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, God. And like, I, I got a little, like I laughed, but then I got a little stressed out. I was like, I'm going to have to clean this up. <laughs> um, and Jenny came around the corner. She was like, I got it. I'll clean it up. <laughs> but like, because she's trying to do work too. And so we're just trying to survive, right? So we're trying to do things. But he's, you know, he's really is, he really is great. Like he'll, you know, if I tell him he, he has rest time from one to three, which is the same that he would have at daycare. So we try and make sure we keep to that routine. So in the morning we, we get up and I've been really enjoying just like you have making him breakfast and like sitting down with him. I'll take, I'll take my laptop down with me and I'll just sit at the debt at the table and I'll work, but I'll have my coffee and do other stuff and what we'll check my email and stuff like that while he's sitting there and we'll talk. And it's, um, it's, it is really nice from the family aspect for sure. Well, cool. So what, do, what's been, what's been the bad None. We're not to the ugly yet, just the bad. Like, what are some okay. things that have been, what are some things that we've been, been struggling with to go through this, uh, the quarantine? I didn't know, no, 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 wants to so, go first. So here, here's the problem is like <laughs> everything that is bad is ugly. Like, no, okay. Well then just jump right into the ugly. I mean, it's everything else. Like it's, it's literally everything else. Like I can't not leaving sucks. Yeah, like, like I can't. If, if you're truly quarantining, not leaving your house sucks. Yeah. Um, the yeah. closet. You don't like living in the closet, Jared? No, I don't. I don't. Luckily, I'm not in a closet like you. <laughs> For those no. who don't know, Jared legit put a new electrical outlet in a closet and bought a desk to put it, or moved a desk. Did you move it? You moved I it. moved it. Yeah, we already had moved, a desk moved a desk into this closet and so he's literally been put into a closet yeah for quarantine you, you can just call me harry potter it's a pretty big closet to be fair yeah but it's not big enough to be an office all the time no it's no it's not um i'm luckily in our spare bedroom so like our spare bedroom is like where i have hobby and when i when the guests come over i make sure everything's clean and you know everything they stay here but it also doubles as my my workspace too so yeah um, I at least have a little bit of space in a window, like I can yeah. see out that window. I have a fan, so yeah. I mean, but so and for Jared too, being an extrovert, unlike a lot yes. of us who are introverts, means that you don't get to unwind because you unwind by talking to people. So, so walk me through that, Jared. Like, what have you done to try to get through this crazy bad? You don't get to see anyone but your family. <laughs> yeah. No. So I mean. I don't know. I don't, I, I am not, I have not unwound. I have not unwound really in 65 days, if I'm honest. Um, you know, I do things. So Trace mentioned taking walks. I do things to try to break the day up so that I'm not in the closet all day. Um, so like, you know, I've been taking walks. There's a greenway that's like maybe a block, like the, the, the 
trailhead of the greenway is a block from my house and so i'll walk that um you know down to the end and then back up through the neighborhood during lunch and that's you know it can take me anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour um so you know i'm getting vitamin d and i'm out in nature and you know like and i'm unplugged from devices and all of these things but it's not like it's not the way that i'm wired and what it has turned into um is all of that nervous anxious energy is funneling into projects around the house which i'm sure that my wife is both delighted and utterly irritated by because like what what are you doing in the house man so (laughs) like stuff that you know you know we we don't need dad projects but but things that like uh you know pictures we don't know where they want to get hung yeah, we haven't decided, and we haven't had a conversation <laughs> about that. Thunk, thunk, thunk. Yeah. That's where it's going. Yeah, I'm just like hanging pictures. Um, I'm, you know, we had a piece of furniture that our TV was sitting on. Oh, speaking of which, we had a perfectly working TV, but I decided that we needed a bigger TV, so I bought a bigger TV. And she was like, oh, well, because we, like, she was sitting on the couch with me. This was like a Saturday morning, and I was like, you know, like, you know, I'm not on the commute. We've got the stimulus. Like, I want to put money back into the economy, right? All of these things. I'm like, way to yeah, justice. yeah. It's a 100% justification. Um, you know, like we're not paying tolls. I haven't put gas in my car but once in 65 days. Yep. Um, Truth. It's like, yeah, you know, we we could afford a TV, and I didn't like spend like. A, like i bought like basically the cheapest 55 inch tv that i could find it's a dumb tv if that tells you anything like <laughs> um, like it doesn't even have internet um there's no I was like we need there's nothing no 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 all of that goes to the xbox which we had anyway so so i ordered the tv and she was like oh i didn't know we were ordering it now because it came in like two days later <laughs> and she's like oh i didn't know we were getting it now and i was like oh yeah and and I was like, so are we going to get this piece of furniture for it or not? And she was like, I don't know how I feel about it. And I'm like, oh, but we need to, something to put the TV on. And she was like, well, we can just wait. Mm-hmm. And it, it, internally, mentally, I'm like, no, we can't wait. And Jared there's, just there's a TV in a box. Up, showed up two days later. So we finally settle on a piece of furniture. But, of course, it's going to take a couple of weeks to get here. So in the meantime, I bust out one of my two-foot-by-four-foot gaming tables and literally open it up set it over the current piece of furniture that the TV, the old TV was sitting on because that piece of furniture was not wide enough for the new TV. Oh, my so, Lord. And I do that during lunch when she has the kids out like for a walk. <laughs> so she comes upstairs after work and she's like, oh, yeah, I was wondering how long it was going to take you to set that TV up. <laughs> so this spirals, right? So not only do I get a new TV set up, well, so now we have this other TV. So I'm like, well, where do we want another TV? And we're, you judge me, call me weird. We're one of those families that doesn't want TVs in the bedrooms. And so just it's the decision that we've made, and and I'll probably regret it one day and change my mind. Um, we don't so, but it. we have a TV. I have another TV sitting upstairs in our bonus room. And I'm like, you know what? I'm in the suburbs. I'm going to do the most suburban thing I can think of, and I'm going to put a gosh darn TV in the garage. Oh. And so, so now I have a TV in the garage, but it's a dumb TV too. So then I buy a Chromecast. Well, the <laughs> Wi-Fi signal from the Chromecast is not strong enough to actually work. So then I have to set up the old router as a repeater. Yep. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, it's not very comfortable on this garage floor. So why don't I buy some EVA foam floor and put it down in the garage? Wow. Yeah, and that there we go, folks. That sums up quarantine life. That's right. So 
just all of that anxious energy that's just getting balled up that I cannot unwind. I'm just like, do something, build so something, make something. You talk about this anxious energy. Is it because of the virus itself, or is it because you it just disrupts your normal routine? It's, it, it's a it's a disruption of the normal at this point. So my wife works in healthcare. She works in a hospital. She's not in direct contact with COVID nineteen patients, but you know if if anyone were were going to get it at this point, like it would be my family. Like so. You know, I've kind of accepted the fact that it probably potentially at some point it's going to make its way through our family. Like I've like I'm prepared for that. It's not that. And like she works in healthcare, So I know she's employed. I work in software and I sell software to other software companies. So there's at least like three degrees of separation from kind of this major economic hit for me. So like employment is not anxiety. Kyle is doing really well at remote learning like. And because he's doing remote learning, Autumn is watching that remote learning. So, like, even though she's not in preschool, like, she's she's doing sight words and she's, like, doing number recognition and pattern recognition and all of these things because she's interested in what he's doing. So there's no anxiety for me about, like, well, how is my family going to survive? Like, you know, is my son going to be okay with school? Like, is my daughter going to be okay because she's not in school? Like, and my wife is an introvert. And she's like, I love quarantine. This is like, <laughs> can we just have quarantine forever? Like where, where I only have to like see you guys and my parents and and then I can stand 10 feet from our neighbors and talk to them once every three days. Like, can we do that forever? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, we can't. Um, it's it, it really is like the things... I want to go to lunch with my coworkers. I want to meet you guys at the hobby shop and play games or just meet at the hobby shop and just talk shop. I want to go to a bar and have a beer. I want to go to a restaurant and sit in the restaurant and like talk to a waiter or talk to a bartender. Like I just like, I need people and I don't have people and it makes me crazy. (laughs) Trace anything to add to that? I mean, I know you went through some of the struggles, but anything that's really, really been a pain for you? Pain for me. Um, really, I mean, like I said before, my I do miss seeing you guys. Like, I miss seeing you guys. I miss seeing, you know, um, my coworkers at work. Um I do miss that interaction with people. Um, I've always kind of ridden the line. Like I can flip either way. Like if I need to be to myself, I can be to myself. If I need to go and talk to somebody, I can turn that on and go do it. It's not a big deal for me. Um, so like I do, I do miss inter- the, the, the collaboration with my coworkers I miss seeing you guys and playing stuff with you in person or just talking. Um, I miss just going to a shop randomly and like just window shopping, like, you know, like things that you just kind of take, took for granted that you might've done before. Like if Jenny was working at, you know, state one night and she's, you know, and I'm on my way to pick up James, like, 
I would stop at the shop and just say, hey, how y'all doing? And then just walk through a minute and then go back and go get James and then I'll go home. Like things that, that you can't do now because you're not commuting. So like if I if I go to the shop, I would have to be like, Jenny, I'm going to the hobby shop. And she'd be like, why are you going to the hobby shop? Like, why is that happening? Where, why are you going? Like, if are you going to wear a mask? Are you going to do this stuff? So like it's just this whole other world that we live in where the things that were just super routine for us are now like out of the way things it's just it's just very strange it's kind of surreal yeah i mean that's a that's a great point and i think that that's one of the things that i've struggled with is you just can't swing by the store right like i wouldn't call myself a shopper but when it comes to hobby like i don't need any more stuff the way that I buy my hobby is I get out there and I like go there and be like, eh, I might, I might need that war cry box of stormcast eternals. I don't know. Sure. And like, you know, you, you have your acquaintances and it's, for me, it's that find, right? Like looking for something for a hobby. So yeah, that, that doesn't happen. Like we just can't stop it. Um, you know, so some very, very, you know, good points there guys, as far as how, what's good about quarantine is family and what's bad about quarantine. Is it just, you just can't interact the way you want to interact. Uh, you know, you, the other point that you made there, Trace, is making a decision, right, to wear a mask or whatever it may be when you get out there. And and that's what I've been struggling with. So the good for me is I, I could sit in front of these computers all day long. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I go, I have to go to work um, because I am in retail, like essential retail. So I'm out there. I, ha- I have to work. Um, but every night when the kids go to bed, this is what I do. I get on the computers. That's my dewind. I'd rather sit here and do all of that. So the first few weeks of quarantine was like that. I'm like with Daniela. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is the bomb. Like my friends are getting online. We're playing tons of games. We're painting, we're hobbying. Uh, and then it all comes to a screeching halt because we have to survive and we have to, to, adapt our lives to quarantine life and for some that's not sitting in front of the computer when you're sitting in the same room all day long it gets old um and you know for me going out there it's the fear of bringing it back so yeah like it's you know you know i got the i have the sanitizers in the car i have the masks i have the gloves you know i have the 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 wipes to wipe down steering wheels and and handles and um you know, I'm very familiar with what to do as, as I go, but you just don't know when you're out there. Um, and if it was just me, okay, whatever, I get sick. But having these two kids at home, it's like, okay, I'm spending four or five days uh, out in, in stores. And then through those stores, I probably come in contact between, we'll just say, 100 to 200 people a day, right? And uh, you can only social distance the best you can, and I will say – uh, getting out there into smaller communities, which with I go, there's not a lot of masks. There's not a lot of people that even take it as a, a serious threat, uh, at least at least from their actions. They may, like they may, but the way they're acting uh, does not. So um, that has been the biggest struggle struggle for me. And then also too being a transplant. So you know from New York, North Carolina. Uh, two small children, grandparents come and go often. And uh, that has been the hardest thing is we've now gone through my daughter's sixth birthday. We're actually going through my wife's birthday this week. And then we have my son's uh, second birthday uh, on the 1st of June, right? So grandparents aren't coming. And, you know, little decisions like that, like 
do they come? Do they not come? You know, my daughter's birthday was right when we started quarantine. So it's like, do they come and get trapped? But much like Jared's like kind of resigned to the fact like I'm going to be, it's going to come through this household, right? Now we're in the position where I'm out there every single day or four or five days a week. Well, you know, like it may come through here and then to invite people to the house, it's like, I'm exposing you. Like I'm patient zero in, in, in the Murray family. Like if someone's getting it, it's going to be me. Um, right. So how do we get that interaction with the grandparents uh, has been difficult. Uh, you know, we do the Skype calls, we do the, the hangups. You mentioned remote learning. Uh, my daughter actually, her, I guess, work, not the, like there's the tablet work and then there's worksheets, but then there's a lot of reading and like just classroom activities that you don't really record. Well, the grandparents have taken that on. So one hour a night, an hour and a half a night, she gets on iPad and goes and sit in her little workspace and does it with grandparents. So that's been kind of cool. That's still, really cool. But still a challenge, right? So um, so that's the struggles for me. Like it's just the what if, what if, what if you're not safe and, and I come in contact with you. And eventually we're all going to have to make a decision, you know, the, just the way it is. Um, but hey, so what would be some tips for advice? Like, so one way that I unwind is video games and hobbying and chatting with you two fools. How are you guys unwinding? Like you mentioned some walks or stuff, but from a hobby perspective, what has been your best outlet look to alleviate some of that tension that we may be able to pass along to our listeners? Like, how do you stay motivated? Cause I, I'm going to sum it up in this. And this came to me today of why I think some people are struggling with quarantine life. And I think we're struggling with quarantine life because we don't have anything to look forward to. You don't have a, like, it's not like, Oh, in October 1st, we're going to have a corner, uh, a vaccine, right? You don't know when the, the pandemic is going to end. And more importantly, that normal life, there's nothing to look forward to. You might look forward to waking up in the morning and spending time with your family or dinner or whatever it may be. But it's kind of hard to look forward to anything. And I think that that's probably what we're struggling with. So how do you gauge your goals from a hobby standpoint to look forward to something to help our listeners? Any ideas? Yeah. I mean, that's tough. So, cause I think you're right. I think as hobbyists, whether for, for the vast majority of us, we are building models, we are painting models for something for for an event and that event doesn't need to be like a competitive organized event it could be you know the the pickup game or the narrative game that we have scheduled in two weeks or or like just a pickup event right just an open play event and did did you want to have your models built and painted for it and we don't have that now um so i i think realistically for me is i think i need to except that maybe my hobby is going to take a hit. Um, and that if I want to stay motivated, as far as the gameplay is concerned, I think it involves getting plugged into those online communities and Warhammer Underworlds Online, you know, is a great example of that. And then maybe even kind of stepping back from the tabletop hobby and, you know, doing something that's just online. So like just video games. And so, you know, if there's a video game that you enjoy, you know, find other people that also enjoy that and, 
you know, kind of build a micro community around that so that you can schedule something so that you have like, oh, I know on Thursday night, I'm going to get to hang out with X, Y, and Z, and we're going to play, you know, Diablo 3, or we're going to play, you know, Fortnite or whatever it is that people play these days on the video game consoles because I'm so far behind. But <laughs> but it but I th- you you bring that up, Jason, and and I was reading uh, one of my coworkers linked an article in our work chat about how the anticipation of an event like releases dopamine, like which is like the anti-stress hormone, mm-hmm. and so if we don't have that, we just feel stressed all the time. So I don't know if you knew that there was science that was backing up your discovery, but it is, it's there that there's, I'm just just a dollard. I I mean, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) You just, you just know what you feel. (laughs) But, but so I, I, I think that's the best advice that I can give is, is plan kind of shift your, your focus. Um, if, if, if that's what it takes in order to, kind of get the similar experience where you're not getting it where you used to. And from one of those is there's a, you know, an upcoming online tournament this weekend that I'm participating in that Trace is participating in as well, I believe, um, for Underworlds. So yeah, I need to you know, it's just, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> it's, it's, but it yeah. puts something on the calendar that you can look forward to. And I think, I think even doing, you know, other stuff like that, like find a restaurant, you know, that, is doing pickup, you know, one you don't, you haven't eaten at in a while or one that you wouldn't normally eat at and you just schedule it. Say, Hey, you know, as a family in a week, we're going to be getting dinner from this place and you make it a thing um, so that you have something to look forward to that you're not just in pure survival mode. Because I think one of the kind of benefits is that a lot of us don't have to live purely in survival mode. That, that we can do kind of brain hacks to keep us from just going day to day to day to day to day. Yeah. Trace, any advice? So a little bit of that planning stuff still gets triggered for me because of my work a little bit, because of the way that we deploy things. So, like, I do have things that I look forward to as far as the work part goes. Um, One of the things that I was going to talk to you guys about at some point would be kind of doing something like a painting challenge, like what Jared and I did not too long ago. That's like two years ago now, probably, um, where we just kind of say, hey, by this date, like, it doesn't matter what it is, like, if you've, or you you lay out what you want to do, and then you challenge each other, right? So, um, something, maybe that's something that, you know, we could encourage groups to do is, and then you post pictures, like take, take nice pictures of them, post them on a a thing. And then maybe have like a little like painting competition or something like that. I think that those are little things that you can do virtually, um, to keep yourself engaged with the hobby aspect. Um, and then then you know you have that to look forward to. And at the end of it, like when we come out of this, like you would have, if you're painting an army, you have an army to paint. Like you've got a painted army at the end of it all. Um, 
the the video games is a good point. That's something that I've been doing a little bit more of recently. Um, not the same video games as Jason and Jared, but I've been actually playing some Sea of Thieves and being a pirate and sailing the high seas, and it's kind of relaxing to go out and try and steal treasure from a bunch of skeletons and make it back to a fort, and hopefully you don't get ganked by a bunch of other players that are trying to also do the same thing. So um, I was actually, I spent a long time doing that probably Wednesday night, and I'd lost track of time. And that's the first time I'd actually lost track of time playing something in a long, long, long time. Like, started at maybe like 10.30, and the next thing I knew, it was like 2.30 in the morning. Oof. And, you know, I was like, holy crap, like, I need to go to bed. Um, And I hadn't done that with a video game in a long time, Um, at least by myself. Um, So it was really relaxing and kind of summed it up to one of my friends that actually does play, and she was, I was like, so playing solo Sea of Thieves on a sloop is kind of like, super relaxing mixed with being a terrified squirrel because you just never know what's going to come around the corner and you, all your hard work over the past two hours could be taken from you <laughs> in like three minutes by a bunch of other players so that's funny um but it, yeah, that- i mean it, it was fun it's a lot of fun um so that's something i have been doing but like i do need to get back on the painting painting wagon and i think i need to try and break up my day a little bit more as far as moving myself out of this room with my laptop i have my work laptop i can take anywhere in the house and work so i'm not as efficient but if there's things that i don't need three screens for i can take my laptop and sit with james wally colors or something like that and i think that's something i need to do more of but yeah I mean, I think both of those things are really good advice. Like, you know, switch it up. Um, for me, it, it's scheduling. Like, I, you know, want to get better with scheduling. Having something to look, look forward to um, from a hobby aspect. You know, and f- for those of our listeners out there, like, we're always here. So, you know, whether it's Discord, Facebook, any of the social media, um, we're, we're here to, you know, to listen, to talk, to talk shop. Uh, and show and show that support. Um, there's a lot of ways to be engaged in the hobby. Um, you know, GW has done a great job at releasing some solo plays. So you know, whether it's schedule schedule something there, be like, you know, the 30th of this month, I'm gonna play, you know, a, a solo game, and then that gives you a way to to paint and um, to paint and play uh, and scheduling out and simple things, right? Like, you know, a lot of there's a lot of new movies out there on on the digital formats, you know, the new star Wars, different like onward things that we've all watched, uh, here on this podcast, but schedule that with your wife or your significant other, or, you know, a a Google hangout, whatever it is, get something on, get something on the books that you have to, to look forward to, to break up the monotony. But, um, anyway, I, I appreciate you guys being, being vulnerable and sharing our quarantine life with everybody. Uh, I think we've, established some great things that we can all do um so with that we'll take a break and we'll call come back and finally talk about some hobby oh yeah welcome back 
So we have been lost in the warp for a little while because there have been not one, not two, but three online previews since we last recorded. And there's one on Saturday. What the heck? Yes, yes. So GW has not stopped their content train as far as like getting us, trying to get us hyped up to to keep buying stuff, which we haven't been able to buy until this past week because of online stores being closed. So, um, but all that being said, there's been some pretty sweet stuff come out. So sweet. we're going to kind of do like a, a three, a three preview roundup. Um, and the first one that I think I'm gonna we're gonna talk about is one that really really comes close to the heart of one of our members of the of the podcast, and that is the man himself for the Dark Angels, the Primarch. You know him, you love him, the Lion, Jason. How are you feeling? The Lion. The, the loin, loin, the loins. loin, loin L Johnson, <laughs> loin L Johnson. I am super stoked about this model. Um, you know, I, the whole 30k line uh, is is really well done, but this model, like the prime, this Primark, I think is done the best out of all of them. I may be a little biased, but uh, he they just nailed it. I mean, he has that awesome sword. I really like that you can have a helmeted head and then yeah. his normal head. And honestly, I'm struggling. Like it, when I get this model, I don't know how I'm going to build them because that helmeted head looks so cool. Magnets. Um, yeah, right. Uh, I probably won't paint this one myself. So uh, don't know if I'm going to go with the magnet. It's not going to be played with. Like I can tell you that. Like it's just going to be a display piece. So I don't. I don't know what way I'll go. Maybe I'll go with the magnets. But it is. It is. Um. It's gorgeous. It's so good, so good. It is so good. I love the photoshops. So the so he has the lion sword and like the hilt and the handle is exactly the hilt and the handle that's on the the 40k cipher models back. And so people have taken photoshops and made it look like the lion 30k model is swinging cipher around by his back. It's been pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's been good. And yeah. uh. I and thought kudos. that was a really good nugget of, like, an Easter egg style there. Yeah. It was cool. And kudos, uh, to kudos to the Lion for winning the 30K uh, Rumble. Yep. So, so they did a... They did a, so anybody that's been uh, keeping up on the Warhammer community page, they've been doing these uh, death matches and Rumbles and things. And uh, so for the 30K one, they did a round-by-round round for the Loyalist side. And on the... Heretic side, they did kind of a cage match, so they were all in the cage together, and I'm assuming that they were in the studio or on webcams or whatever, rolling dice to see what happened because they like named specific rules. But at the end of the day, the lion won the loyalist side, Horus won the heretic side, and then they pitted the two of them together, and uh, you know, in the end, chaos won. This is true, right, Jason? No, mm-hmm. no. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Don't ask, it's a, it's a, it's like a don't ask don't tell type of situation, okay, Jared? It's keep it secret, keep it safe. But no, I, so the lion one, and it, I mean, credit where credit is due. Like the writers 
of the Warhammer community page have done a pretty good job with these uh, with these battles, and I think it's fitting. Like the line is, I mean, he's he's a baller. He is, and the the model itself, I think, just really does a really good job at blending 30k to 40k. Like, there's enough. There, it's obviously 30k armor, but there's enough hints to the way that the Dark Angels look in current 40k that um, it's just I can't wait to get my hands on it and get it sent off for somebody to paint it. <laughs> I it may be Danny. Like, we're all laughing, but I this is no, a model yeah. that I. Totally would like to say, Danny, please, I'll pay you no money and paint this for me. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really, really pretty. Um, so, we'll, so, speaking of chaos, right? So, one of the things that has been kind of really fun for all of us to play has been delving into the Blackstone Fortress, right? So... And we've we've faced all the different chaos baddies in that, at least in the first in the original. But we still have to go through the different the new chaos expansions plus the traitor guard and some other stuff. And now we just find out that they're releasing the the final the final expansion for that game, um, which is Ascension. And Jared, it, it looks like it's got some some big versions of Gribblies that we've dispatched in the game already. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, it's cool. The giant drones, I can't even remember what they're called now. It's been so long since we played. Spindle drones. Spindle drones, yeah. So they're like super spindle drones. Um, like they're one of called them has Guardian like, drones, the big ones. The big ones. And one of them has like a spindle drone on its base yes. for scale. Which is better than using a banana, I suppose. <laughs> it's true, but it's uh, true. but it's it's cool to see. So <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna segue here and go off on a tangent. But so the TV shows that my wife and I watch that we like the best are the TV shows that are like written with a clear ending in mind. <coughs> Lost. <coughs> um, that's a good TV show. No, that's one of that's an example of oh. a TV show that did not have a clear ending in mind. Okay. Um, and so it's good to know that, like, this, you know, expedition into the Blackstone Fortress has a beginning and a middle and an end. Like, it's been, like, a designed campaign. Even if it wasn't designed fully from the beginning, at least they'd written an end to it. And so there can be, like, a completeness to it, which I, I can really appreciate. And the fact that we're getting, like, more, uh, like, mechanics, mechanical beings from the Blackstone Fortress itself as a part of this final expansion is pretty cool. I mean, what are your guys' thoughts that it is the final expansion? Like, it's... It only seems like yesterday we were sitting in Nova when they announced the Blackstone Fortress, and now they're announcing the conclusion. And who knows where it goes from here, right? Does the game continue? Does it come out in a new setting? But, like, I mean, to me, it sounds like there's going to be a gap. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I think it's fine. Um... And I was actually going to kind of propose that question myself. Like, do we see another one? Or is this going to be, is this going to be it? Like, is this just going to be, has this whole thing run its course? Um, I, d- I mean, I just don't know. Because they, the, the thing that 
gets me is that they released the game that kind of turned us on to this, which was, you know, the Silver Tower. We like really liked playing Silver Tower. And then they released the new the new one, which was Shadows Over Shadows Under Hammerhall. And we never played it. And it's there wasn't another one after that. So um and that was kind of a more traditional like dungeon crawl that one was where you actually had somebody who's supposed to run the bad guys as opposed to like an AI. Um, so I think that they, they learned from that, but I just don't know. I don't know if we're going to have like a different, like Warhammer quest. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could be there. And I think that's the thing to remember is that it's not like Blackstone Fortress is not the game. It's Blackstone Fortress is the flavor of Warhammer. Correct. Yep. And so, I mean, who knows where they, I mean, I mean, they, maybe they set something in 30K. Maybe. Like, I, like you know, since, you know, I, I don't know. Or they go back to Age of Sigmar or they do something else. Or Necromunda Quest. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? It just, it just seems weird to me. Like last Christmas or whatever it was, they, they, which I just picked up, like the, it was almost like the 2019 update where they like wrap all the Wipe Dwarf and all the like small things into one book, whatever they're calling them. I forget, but the annual um, or whatever. The annual. Yeah, like they bring out an annual now, you know, the story's over. I really truly hope that Warhammer Quest continues in the, in some sort of sci fi setting. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think it was more easily approachable for our gaming group, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we've we all kind of said that it was some of the most fun we've had as, like, a group as a whole, um, delving into the depths of the Blackstone Fortress, and we're not done yet. Like, we've still got a lot more to do. Yeah, there's still um, a lot to be had there. There's still a lot to be done. Um, lots more loot to find, and people... Sure, just takes it all partners to try and screw over seemingly the worst you're all the worst how many hexes we can get get to before we before the other person does um but kind of i I really wish i really hope that they continue doing the setting just like jason said um to kind of move away from that though we've got some some really big things really big like giant things coming for Age of Sigmar. Giant. Giant. <laughs> would you would you say that, that these releases will be gargant chewing? Oh, oh. oh, I see what you did there. Oh, uh, they're behemoth, behem, behemoth stuff. Sons of behemoth. Um, yeah, there so, they are. So you have this, uh, so we have big boys coming to, to Age of Sigmar. Um, and these models are gorgeous. Oh, like, they're crazy good. Insane. Um, if, if you had issues with the old giants, you're probably not going to have issues with these giants. Because I've heard some people on, you know, various different media talking about like oh the gargan kit sucks like the arms are weird the legs are weird he's got a big pot belly he looks all strange well you know that's one of the first like big plastic kits that they came out with yeah um and they've had a lot of time to refine that skill set since then so um i'm really excited to see 
those kits. And the cool thing about it, at least from my perspective, is like no matter what army you play, it's basically like the knight equivalent of Age of Sigmar. Um, the the Imperial Knight can be bolted on to any army in 40k, and I think you're going to get the same kind of feeling with this model because they can be used with any faction. So, you know, they got that big shiny kit, they want to sell it, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it shapes how people play Age of Sigmar, too. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie, like, it would be awesome to have nothing but an army of giants to play with. Yeah. Um, That'd be sweet. You know, what do you guys think? So, I think, so the models are awesome. And I, I think one of the things that gives me hope about um, them in the game is the fact that your profile does not impact my model's ability to hit and to wound you outside of like special buffs abilities. There's buffs and debuffs. Buffs and debuffs. Spells, but like, you know, if my guys hit on fours and wound on threes, they're going to hit on fours and wound on threes, whether they're fighting mega gargants or they're fighting skaven slaves. Like, it's the same. And I and I think that that's kind of the saving grace. Now, on the flip side, what also works out well is that it's really hard to tarp at big models because damage carries over. So if you are swinging a giant club around and the giant club does a flat four damage, well, every... Failed armor save means that four wounds go through. And if that's on one wound models, that means four models die. Um, so I feel like the balance between you know infantry units and giant monsters in Age of Sigmar is a little better than what currently exists in 40k. Where Yeah, the, the, I agree. The, the problem with some of the big stompy robots in, in 40k is that a lot of them are hard to take down unless you actually bring weapons specifically designed to take down large targets, like high toughness large targets. Yeah. So in Age of Sigmar, every the lethality in Age of Sigmar is what makes it fun, right? Like no matter what you do, you could lose your model if somebody plays well and gets gets the right models into it. Um, so Jason, what do you think about the big boys? Yeah, I think they're good. I mean, they don't really grab me as far as an army to play. Like, I think the analogy of putting them in as a knight is great. The models themselves are great, though, as far as, like, the little subtle details that are on them from, like, corn symbols to, you know, empire flags, stuff like that. Like, they're they're all great, great models. Can't wait to see them on the table. They're freaking giants. Like, they're going to be huge, huge models. So the, I'm really really stoked and looking forward to seeing the model themselves but the army does not doesn't really interest me yeah i mean that's fair i mean i think that you'll see them more in that capacity of being bolted on to something rather than seeing a whole army of them i mean i could be wrong they could be they could be super super good um as an army i think that you'll have issues running just an all behemoth army in Age of Sigmar, just based on the way that the holding the objectives work. Um, you know, certain certain models like ogres, for example, 
they can hold they count as more than one model for every mod everybody that you have within a certain range of the objective but if you know if that giant rolls up and he doesn't have a special rule he's just one model so yeah. like you know my one ogre versus your one giant if you don't kill me i hold the objective so i think that that's going to be something that they're going to have to i think there'll be unique ways that they use that um but otherwise, I think they'll struggle as a whole army. Um, anyway, so moving on beyond that, we have another set of new releases that they've you know, basically done almost the entire reveal for now, um, and that's the Lumineth Realm Lords, right? So those are our new, our new fancy elves, our pointy elves, as they liked to talk about them in the teaser previews. So Proper elves. Proper elves. So, what do you guys think about those? So these, and I think we talked about it at the first first preview. I can't can't recall, but or it might have been just some day they were talking with Danny, where I, I mean, I really like them. Like I think the battle box that they're they're bringing out is a really cool force from the spearmen with shields and horses, and um, you know that's when I think of fantasy or rank and file style games this is this is the army that that i'm attracted to and i know that they've been getting you know a lot of i don't know memes or made fun of because of the the large bulls or you know wolf or wolf uh mountain mountain cows (laughs) but i i kind of like them i mean the headdresses on the guys that have the hammers the you know the elves themselves that that have the hammers are a little bit wonky but I also know that every single time we look at something from yeah. GW, like sometimes there's just that one model of the picture is like, I don't know. But then you get it in front of in front of me and it's like, okay, these guys are are awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, and it, they've they're taking a chance, man. Like they're this these renders and and CAD designs are just way out there. And I love it. Love the fact that it's it's grounded in realistic looking uh, time period, you know, with like I said, spears and, sh- and swords and cavalry, and then just so far left field with a giant mountain cow. Yeah, with your realm of light yak. Cool. That's I don't know. Whatever. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's good looking. Yeah, it's cool. No, they're. I agree. I think that they're. They've taken a lot of chances over the past couple of years with the fantasy lines, um, and I, you know, I give it to them. Like when the when the Ideneth Deepkin first came out, like when Ideneth Deepkin first came out, I think that people were like, "What is all this going on?" But then when they get when we actually saw the models, we were like, "These are amazing." Yeah. Like sea elves are a thing and they are awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um so I mean I'm I'm really excited. Yeah. I think they're gonna and, be cool. And it's probably the biggest risk design wise that they've taken in Age of Sigmar though. Like I mean the mountain cow or the or the sea elves? No, the the, the Lumineth with the giant headdresses and elves with hammers and the giant I think, cow mountain. I think the biggest thing that they're going to struggle with is that you they've painted it as 
as Teclas's army. And like you're these are basically your ascent like your through the realms high elves. And I think that that's where people are going to struggle is because they don't really some of them share the high elf aesthetic a little bit, but there's like the ones with the hammers they don't the right. the the mountain cow does not um, the guy he, floating on the piece of rock yeah like he looks like a Tibetan monk with a really fancy headdress on like it's right. just you know it's kind of out there and I think that the people that really wanted something kind of adjacent to the Hiles of old are probably not going to get that. Like, you know, your daughters of Cain were basically like a transplant of having, they've been expanded on, but your, your base troop was still the witch elf that you were really familiar with in the old game. Right. Right. So I just think that that's going to be kind of a struggle for some people. I like the Lumineth models, but I mean, I like pretty much any of the fantasy model armies that are out right now. Oh yeah, um, but you know, I think it's going to be cool, and I'm interested to see. I think that there's other stuff that we haven't seen just yet with them, because that's not the whole force. There's got to be other stuff, or at least there are multi kits that we haven't actually seen the other alternate builds for. So, yeah. and I'm sure Tyrion's floating around somewhere because they're in the same realm and they're supposed yeah. to be sharing that realm. So, I don't know. Um, but yeah. Um, so moving into the grim darkness of the f- 41st millennium, um, there's been several releases that have been announced for this, most of them in the forms of, of you know, of uh, characters. Yeah. So let's kind of talk through those a little bit. One, One's a big one. Like, one's a really big player that we've not seen in a while, and he's had a really, really aged model. Um, and he's kind of in the in the vein of what Jason would play if he was going to play Chaos, I think. So what you think about old uh, Fabulous Bile? Always fabulous. I mean, it's a, cool, it's a cool model. I'm more, like, the model's cool. The character's cool. The release of him has me intrigued on where the story goes. Because if they're ever going to kind of cross that whole Primaris, Chaos Primaris, um, you know, mutation, it, this would be the prime point, right? You bring out his model, um, you know, the, his little minion that's with him is is harvesting the gland from a Primaris Marine. So, like, it's like, this could be it. And that's what I'm more excited about. And, you know, you are correct. Like, if I was to play a Chaos um, army, it would be based on the Emperor's Children's. So this could be a good segue into another army for me from a 40K standpoint. Um, but I I really hope that the, the story evolves. And we've talked about that over multiple um, casts now. So I'm more excited for that aspect of that model than I am for the model itself. Although it's a great sculpt. You, sh- you sure you're not going to start a Black Legion army now after reading those books too? Cause... Well, maybe we'll do an episode on those books, but though, for those that have not read, and you know, I'm on a, an Aaron, Aaron Dembski Bowden kick here lately, but I did finish the Talon of Horus in 
Black Legion, and they are amazing, but they truly are some of the best uh, 40K fiction that I've, or nonfiction. You'll never know. Future nonfiction. (laughs) (laughs) So after that, we had an Inquisitor. Jared, what do you think about that that Inquisitor? It's an Inquisitor in power armor. Which is not currently available in the rules. And she has got like a pet dragon and a shuriken catapult. So she is clearly uh, a radical Inquisitor. um, Which, you know, you got to do what it takes, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the Grey Knight stance. If you got to sterilize an entire planet's worth of people, that's what you do to keep your secrets. Well, she's, you know, she's going to shuriken some people, which I'm really Yeah, excited. and I think, like, it's not, yeah. I mean, the model just looks cool. The Like, she's got a pet dragon, and it's not just, like, on her arm. She's got, like, a power fist. So Yeah, it's really cool. Like, I, I, I was really impressed, and it's very Baroque. Like, the armor is very Baroque. Yeah, it looks like, um, it looks almost like Stormcast Eternal. Yeah, it does. Mm, almost like they planned it. Um, yeah. And then the one that I thought was really, the model that I thought was a really cool port from the old model to the new one, which is in, is Illuminor's Zeras, which is the Necron, the Necron priest model, basically. Um, he is, that model is super cool. Um just the the way that they've achieved the the like sucking of the material the, of the body into the his staff or his ball is super super cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I would agree. That is just, that part of the model is really cool and intense. Yeah, it's super intense. Um, but just just talk about a facelift, man. Like he went from being tiny and on like a forty mil base to being on like a 60 and yeah super imposing and he looks like a necron lord Um, the the skill up in general you know for all 40k has been well needed and uh you know for someone that has a fully painted or you know 85 percent painted necron army seeing them out i was like oh Oh, what do I do now? It's like, do I do I sell it while the new model comes out, or do I just incorporate the new model into the force? Because it yeah. it is a fit, like it is very very fitting, and and the Necrons honestly needed that. Like their their range, although a lot of it is plastic, it some of it is tired. So yeah, yeah, it's I mean just the basic Necron warrior is pretty dated now, um, and I think the the immortals too are pretty dated yeah um the oldest model i think right now that they have for that that's not been updated is the destroyers i believe i don't know but some of that some of those models have been out for a while um, right at least 10 years um so getting some facelifts is really cool um and then jared why don't you talk to us a little about Demonifugue and Harlequin. Yeah, so I, I, to be honest, I don't know that much about the story. All I know is that these are characters from a graphic novel that was released, and I missed the graphic novel when it was originally released, and so I'm probably going to play the part of Jason and buy the graphic novel when it's released. <laughs> so I'll be, I'll be the whale for this purchase. Um, normally, I'm pretty measured in my, in my hobby purchases, but. Um, just the 
you know, from what I understand of the story that, you know, she's like a sister battle. Um, and I, that, you know, she's had some encounters with chaos that, you know, have made her questionable in the eyes of her sisterhood. She's got this Harlequin companion that like hangs out with her, which is also kind of heretical. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just seeing that gray area of, uh, 40k be explored in a graphic novel setting um, is really cool and then like just the models themselves look pretty sweet so I may end up purchasing them as well just to have and to paint up um, you know kind of something that's limited make it a display piece or something but um, I just enjoy exploring uh, the 40k universe in all of the mediums that are available and that that includes a graphic novel then I'll, I'll buy and read a graphic novel well and soon we'll be able to consume in a visual way yeah i know that cool. yeah it's got uh, all the what is it Warforge? what is it the uh, what's it called Warforge, warhammer forge war hammer forge i think is what it's called Angels of Death. Story Forge. Story Forge. Story Forge is like the studio or whatever. But yeah, Angels of Death, the teasers that have been released for that. And then teasers for other things too, like the animated stuff with the assassins. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of content. Yeah, it's going to be Multimedia content coming out. It's going to be really cool. That's called Hammer and Bolter. The one with the assassins. Okay, sweet. So Hammer and Bolter to look forward to. Angels of Death. So the one about the Blood Angels. All of that to look forward to. Yep. So those are all really cool things, but one thing that's going to be heating things up here soon for us. Well played. Yep. Really, really heating things up are the (laughs) Scions of Flame for Warcry. So we have, I think this is our final warband, right? It's the final warband from the core book. From the core book, yeah. Um that are finally being released and these guys look awesome <laughs> so good they look awesome um they just they look very i don't know almost almost um eastern inspired like yeah. very They're samurai driven far east is good yeah, way. super far east and samurai armor and kind of the oriental dragon type inspirations for their armor and and they're on fire fire everywhere <laughs> one of them is literally on fire and he has a sweet mask i so i mean all the war cry war bands like really speak to me i mean just the yep. the human aesthetic mixed with you know historical themes has been very 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 well done um and all the war bands but this one i mean that there's, you know, like he's basically dressed in traditional samurai armor that has a chaos eight-pointed star on its shoulder, um, you know, with the full mask, you know, sword. You, you know, it's kind of a good blend between um, Conan the Barbarian setting and a, in a Far East setting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just so well done and i can't wait to see their stat lines i can't wait to see these models they're you know even the 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 low the their low ones like the henchman style have have great design work here so yeah 
They've got like looks almost like dragon scales and stuff like that on there. Yeah. They're from, they're from Akshi, obviously. The realm yeah, of they fire. Are. Um really, really impressed with those models. Can't wait to see those in person. Paint some up, maybe. A lot of movement in them too. Like it's something yeah. that the the Warcry Warbands, they all have, but there's just this this flow to them. And when you add the fire, it gets even more pronounced. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're all very fluid. Um very fluid models. Speaking of fluid models though, the God, on point with the transitions tonight. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so the the next one is the first Warcry Warband that we've seen that is not specifically or not said to be chaos. <laughs> But these are elves. They're called the sh- the Canite Shadow Stalkers, and they look awesome. No, like this. So this, we say. Mm-hmm. I feel like I say this a lot, but like the sculptors are just straight flexing on us at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they have like they they have sculpted weaponized shadow in yeah, this it's model. So cool. Yeah, like. It's- ridiculous like the prime model its cloak is like clasped across its chest and the one part of the cloak that's like like the short end of the cloak that's clasped is like fading into shadow yep and then i i mean it as far as i can tell it looks like the back of the cloak like flows behind the model and then comes around in front of it flows into shadow and then that shadow flows into like the staff, the head of the staff. So it's like this, whoever this model is, has like summoned its cloak out of shadow from its staff. It's just like, I can't just go to the website, look at the pictures. It's amazing. Like they're so cool. And they've taken a lot of what they learned from the Dark Eldar sculpts and put that into these. Because this, like the face on this looks like a... um, what you call it a witch head like a witch's head yeah eldar witch and that's was what it? i thought it was at least initially i was like oh they're releasing like a new dark eldar no that's yeah. not for a work guy <laughs> so that like didn't that model appear in one of the things we talked about earlier like warhammer quest or so there's so, the go ahead trace you go ahead well go i ahead. can't remember what it's called so so you had um so there was two. There was Mist Weaver's. There was Mist Weaver's sigh, and then there was another one that was. Uh, it was like a dark elf assassin, um, like almost like a. Uh, I forgot what his name was though. That one that was that one escapes me, but there was two, um, and I don't think that these are related to either one of those. I think those two kind of live outside of the different. So they're not like Lumineth or anything like that. I think that there's something else. Okay. Um, but the but, Mistweaver has the the blank faced helmet. She does. Her her like aesthetic though is very different than this. Like yeah. she has the same like f- the blank face, but to me like she looks very different from oh, these yeah. folks. Um, what I do think that you will, I think these are our first realm of shadow elves though. Like, I think these are truly our first, like, Malarion's yes. coven models that we are seeing. 
Yeah. Um, which is super cool. Um, I cannot wait for that Malarion model. It's going to be nuts, man. <laughs> it's going to be nuts. Cause, Why did know, I buy Sleeves to Darkness? I'm so, like... Because <laughs> you, like, you like Barbarians, that's I why. I do. I do. And if, like, it, if it weren't for quarantine, we probably would have played Games of Age of Sigmar by this now. This is true. This is true. You would have had a reason to play with them. I, like these three models, and I mean, who knows if the Warbands can be more than three models or not, but these three models are just... No, they're so good. So sick. Like, I want to see the rules with the shadows. You know, you got a guy that's got two crossbows. Like, I mean, now you're talking, right? Two crossbows. And uh, my favorite one's the one with the... the it looks like a, a female model that has the full cloak, like, wrapped around them. Yeah. Right. Um, She's, like, throwing her cloak forward. Yeah. Just just because that the thing that Jared was talking about where it's, like, shadow and material, I think that that one is, you know the best representation of that. And uh, I'm interested to see what's on the other side. Yeah. It's, you know, I think we're, we're definitely on the precipice of some cool stuff coming to the age of Sigmar realms. Um, And with that, we are going to close out this segment and take a break. And we'll be back in just a few minutes with the, the sign out, I think. And we're back, and that'll wrap us up. So as always, we want to say thanks for taking the time to listen. Uh, you know, we appreciate the interactions that we've gotten. One thing that has been kind of nice is that, you know, we get these little bursts of activity on Discord, which has been pretty cool. Um, so, uh, you know, I want to encourage you to join our Discord server, hit us up, leave a message, post your hobby progress, talk about games you're playing, ask us questions, you know, just to engage with us. Um, it's one of the ways that, you know, we can still kind of engage and it's more or less real time. Um, so the link for the discord server will be in the show notes. It's also on our website, podcast.battle-mallet.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at battle mallet podcast. We're on Twitter at battle mallet one, and we're on Instagram at battle mallet PCAST. And the honest reality is that those channels have been a little slow of late, but hopefully we'll, Kind of get the hobby juices flowing, and and the feeds there will pick back up. Um, yeah, so I guess what we have to say is, you know, put stuff on the calendar. Um, if you're struggling, reach out. Uh, you can reach out to us, reach out to your loved ones. Um, yeah, this is definitely not normal, and it's okay to not feel normal. Yes. It's okay to be stressed. It's okay to be anxious. Like, we're in the midst of a global pandemic. It's okay to have parent fails. It's oh, yes. It is okay <laughs> to have parent. It's okay to have spouse fails, partner fails, yep. roommate fails. Like, this, this is not normal. Um, so, just, uh, just be open. Be real. So for the Battle Mallet Podcast, we are three dads and an absent coffee mug photographer. <laughs> this this is Jared signing out. This is Trace signing out. And I'm Jason Table D. Murray. Stay safe out there, everyone. Get the hell out of here!
Peace. Battle Mallet Podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. If you have further questions as to its use, you can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com. Music by Anno Domini Beats. Jason, do you need to go pee? I do so bad. I saw you bouncing. Go pee.